Welcome to Session Central. Hi, Alan. Hi, Kieran. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Great. Yeah, good. Thanks, man. That's cool. No worries. Um, well, thank you for doing this today. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no problems. And yeah, I just wanted to um, do the interview in two halves. Yeah, sure. Uh, the first half focusing on you and your career and then moving on yeah. to advice you can give to people wanting to get into the, a similar line of work. Yeah, sure. Cool. So when did you start playing? When did your guitar or musical journey begin? Um, I think I was I think I was about 13 or something. I think I remember I remember sort of pretty distinctly get, having a guitar shaped thing under the Christmas tree. And um, I had uh, some family that played. They do a lot of folk and sort of Irish uh, music. So I'd, I'd sort of always heard, you know, sort of music and everything like that. So I was really kind of into it. And, uh, yeah, obviously my parents sort of got me one. And I remember sort of straight away kind of locking myself in a room immediately and just being totally obsessed with it, you know. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, just it started kind of, yeah, when I was about 13 and sort of never stopped. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the similar for most people. They just sort of get it, and it's just this magical new. Well, it starts off as, as a toy, and then it becomes this, I don't know, way of life. That's just yeah, suddenly yeah. been dropped upon you. Yeah, it's it's amazing how you know just one one thing that appears in your life can can completely change your life. You know, you just think you know it's mad. You know, I often think you know if somebody reads a book, and then you know the contents of that can lead them to travel to different countries or whatever. And it can, you know, it can potentially change your, your whole life. So it's, it's mad that one present or something like that can alter the course of your life. It's, it's amazing. It's strange, but it's amazing at the same time. But um, what kind of stuff were you playing when you first started? Was it the, was it the sort of the 12 bar blues, basic one string things? Yeah. Kind of stuff like that. My uncle was, um, as I was saying, he kind of did a lot of, sort of Irish music so they they showed me some kind of just some folk really just you know some really simple sort of open chords and that kind of thing I remember on my first day it being smoke on the water obviously everyone's first guitar tune middle middle strings let's do that um yeah so um yeah really really quickly kind of was really into the blues and you know discovered Hendrix and then sort of through um whatever was popular at the time which is kind of sort of the indie stuff and the the, the grunge thing for a while I was kind of into mm-hmm. um sort of when that when that sort of was first around and then yeah kind of after that realized that actually I was kind of more into the blues thing and started kind of backtracking through that and through all those artists and um you know it's just a never-ending pool of just amazing stuff even now I really struggle to to find new stuff that I really like, actually find going going the other way is kind of more what what I'm personally into. I just think there's there's already so much amazing stuff that you know there's already enough information for me to get what I want from from music. It's really really rare for me to find someone new that I can sort of accept into my you know sort of musical language, which I, actually I think is probably a bad thing, but. That oh, really? does seem that does seem to be what happens. Yeah, I just I get I always get really jealous of people that can you know they're always you know showing you new stuff and all that kind of thing. There's people that are you know brand new. I really struggle to to adopt any of that stuff. I kind of go the other way. There's been the odd there's been the odd one or two, but yeah, all the kind of um, you know the stuff that's out now that is kind of hot. The, the snarky puppy 
stuff mm. and the Wolfpack thing. I just kind of, it's it's cool. I can I can hear you know a tune or something, but I don't know. I I, I don't know why I can't. I just can't let them in. It's weird. Yeah. Um, well, now that you've said that, a guitarist that pops into my mind that almost has a similar philosophy to Blake Mills. Oh, I know the name. Who, who's he? Who's he from? Um, he's mainly a session guitarist yeah. um, and also a producer and he's yeah he's really into his roots music and blues yeah. music he's such like a virtuoso in that right. genre more than I don't know technical fusion yeah yeah it seems to be you know the sort of the focus now yeah no I've, I've definitely heard his name pop up but I'm not sure that I've heard heard anything okay well I'd, I'd recommend it now that you've told yeah, me man, this check him out. definitely definitely worth your time um, so after you started playing and a few years down the line, did you attend a music college? Yeah, I did. I um, I actually had a bit of a weird sort of the, the sort of precursor to that was that um, I was at school and I remember kind of uh, just being being really upset with with school in general. And I remember the sort of the, the reason I, I sort of actually stopped going to school. And I ended up just sort of locking myself in the room and, you know, my parents obviously were tearing their hair out. Um, but I just just basically ended up refusing to go to school and um, just locked myself in a room and played guitar. And um, actually, I think it was it was just a it was a way to get out of school. I remember kind of arriving at this lesson. We had to walk to different different buildings to get to um, our different lessons that happened. And I remember, without thinking, just arriving at this this room that I was sort of pre-programmed to be in at a particular yeah. time. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm here. And I haven't even thought about how I'm getting here. And, I, and it just de- depressed me so much that I was, <laughs> that my life was programmed. So I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm literally going to not do this. So I sort of refused to go to school anymore mm. and ended up just, as a, as, a, as a byproduct of needing something to do, just ended up playing guitar for forever, basically. And um, I suppose those years, you know, of doing so many hours were kind of what, you know, kind of gave me my ability that I have to, um, you know, to go out and play and work and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, after after doing that, I ended up going to college to sort of appease my mum, really. Mm. Um, But it was a really it was a really good thing. It was this college called South Downs College in sort of um, the Portsmouth area and um, met met uh, one of the tutors there a guy called gary shaw who was amazing amazing guitar player and um had played for um some some very cool blues guys a guy called jimmy witherspoon and eric bibb and um a few of those people and i just sort of totally totally kind of um was under his wing really i used to go to his house and he'd show me all this sort of jazz and fusion stuff it was you know bit bit advanced for me but i just i loved the sound of it and then that was a two-year course, I think. Okay. And then I went to a school in Guildford called ACM, which, um, you know, is kind of a similar thing to to BIM. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit earlier on, and um, I did a year there. It was like a higher diploma course. Um, I think I left in the year two thousand or something like that, two thousand one mm. maybe. And obviously, you know, it's just it's full of some of the world's best guitar players, you know. And um, so it was amazing to have some lessons with with those guys and i took it really seriously actually that year and um not not that I hadn't been before but it's really easy if you're a student to just go out and you know 
get get pissed and not practice and everything but you know it, I, I took it really seriously and kind of you know concentrated at school and came home and did another few hours of practice every day and all that sort of stuff um so yeah that's what I did after after school and that kind of thing and through there you end up meeting people you know kind of get out working on the circuit and all that sort of stuff cool yeah that's fantastic yeah definitely AC there are definitely some really clear parallels between ACM and BIM yeah definitely with the sort of you know the world-class tutors and also mm. the, you know your peers the people mm. you meet and did you get into any original bands um not not really um I, I i'd kind of met a drummer there and we just thought you know how can we how can we just start making a living doing music and we ended up you know i think as as so many people do now just sort of putting together a, a sort of function band basically Okay. And um, so we kind of set one up and, you know, started gigging and all that kind of thing. But original things, I was only really doing the sort of sideman thing in a few sessions here and there for people that were, you know, songwriters. And well, while I was at ACM, I met a few, you know, would, would be and sort of producers and they'd kind of call and say, oh, can you put guitar on this, you know, this track or whatever. It was really like Garage at the time was really big. Yeah. And um, that kind of music scene, and it was all there was loads of guitar they wanted, and they'd they'd basically just chop it all up, and you know move it where they wanted it, and all that kind of thing, and the, and the sound actually was like a DI type of sound that they that they liked. It was I don't know why, but it's like it seemed to be really popular that sort of DI guitar sound. So it was really easy just yeah. to run it, run into a studio and play, you know, thirty minutes of rubbish, and they would chop it up in anywhere they want. Um, so it's sort of a little bit mindless, but I suppose that was the only kind of real original stuff that I was that I was playing on, you know. So okay. um, God knows where all of that stuff has gone, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably out there somewhere. Yeah, for you that'd be such a trip down memory lane. Mm. So you've gotten into a function band, or you've put one together, and you start gigging. What's the next break? Quotation marks, or what was like the next? big piece of work you did after yeah um well i mean to be honest with you i did i did that for a long time Mm. did um i did a lot of um i did a lot of teaching i did a lot of lot of playing in functions and i think the biggest help that i've i've had is just meeting people on that circuit you know because virtually everybody does that sort of gig at some point you know, mm. so you, you meet people on that scene that do pop gigs. You meet people that are original artists and do this for a bit of money on the side. And, you know, everybody that's a musician tends to, nowadays anyway, be, be playing in, you know, in covers bands, top 40 bands and all that kind of thing. So meeting some of those guys ended up doing um, the sort of drummer and the bass player that I played with a lot. We ended up sort of doing sessions for some other artists sort of as a little as a little trio sort of rhythm section yeah um which was really cool when we played for and sort of still do a guy called steve rogers who's paul rogers from free his son who's um, uh, just a fantastic sort of blues rootsy folk songwriter and um so we've been playing for him for a lot of years and you know lots of other artists come and come and go and you know need need a need a band for something you know kind of go and do that and really yeah just just the odd sort of studio thing and but just kind of keeping your head down and just trying to work man that's kind of that's kind of Mm. been been the goal and not really to think of it in any other you know grand 
scheme of things you know kind of just 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 kind of happy working and playing guitar and you know it's it's a tough life you know <laughs> being a musician you know you've got to take what you can get and and try and be happy with with it and you know maybe you get the odd gig that you know looks good on the cv or something but you know man i'm just i'm just at a point where i'm happy to play and it's it's been actually quite a good thing to have mentally just to be happy playing well that's a, an amazing thing to achieve in in life mm. to be able to actually yeah, it's absolutely good. love what you do and not look back yeah 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 man it's been really cool um i suppose the next uh thing that happened was i met uh, again on on a function it was um a guy called um nathan king who's mark king's brother level 42 bass okay. bass player cool. mark king so um he was playing he's a guitarist and a bass player actually but i was playing guitar and he was playing bass and okay. um they you know he his sorry the other guy in level 42 a guy called mike lindup was the md for a theatre show called Thriller, uh, the Michael Jackson thing. And um, I got a call out of the blue one day from from Nathan saying, oh, Mike is looking for a guitar player for this tour. And um, would you like to audition for it? So I ended up doing that. And then, yeah, ended up being on this sort of, the last kind of two years, this sort of theatre tour with um, company Thriller Live, West End show. And um, it was very daunting for me to do because I don't read. Well, I can read chord charts and things, but sort of notation and dots is mm. not something that I've ever practiced and not comfortable with. I think okay. we had to do it, had to do it at college for a while, but, um, it just, it ne- never sank into me. And I, I, and I suppose actually what it is, is I didn't give it enough time and I didn't work hard enough at it, but, um, yeah. And there was a, there's a lot of detail in all the parts and that kind of stuff. So I, I had a week to, to learn the show um, which is wow. not very long for the amount of detail that's in it. And, you know, the band are all, you know, absolutely roasting players. And, you know, so I was kind of a bit a bit nervous of, you know, my sort of reading thing. I can, I can, I've got good ears and all that kind of stuff. So I knew I could, um, if I could translate what was on the paper, I'd be all right. But it was quite a short window of time to kind of get it all down. But, um, yeah, it was like one of the most stressful weeks of my life. I managed to do it. And the um, the first show we did... I'd, I always imagine it as being like a, like the, the, the childbirth thing that women go through, you know, where, they, where there's that chemical thing where they actually can't remember how painful it was. Yeah. Like, you know, they wouldn't do it again. I feel like the same thing with that gig. It was just, <laughs> it was so painful that I've, I've blacked it out. But um, yeah, it must have been all right. I'm still, still sort of doing it. But yeah, it's mad, man. It's mad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and those situations are actually surprisingly much more common than people think. Mm. Like, well, like you said, with a week to learn the show. I mean, on paper, that sounds absolutely bonkers. But mm. in a lot of situations, would would you say maybe for like a top function band, people might have to learn like 30, 50 songs over the course of a few days? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's something that that I've done for a very long time, that, that kind of stuff. And, you know, and everybody that, that kind of works in that field will, will have to do at some point, but, um, and, and doing it by ear is, is, um, is a massive thing, I think, rather than any sort of shortcut or, you know, 
downloading a chart or something like that. I think the fact that, well, that sort of stuff wasn't available when I was sort of doing it a lot. So, it, you know, you kind of had to do it by ear. And that that method, doing it by ear and kind of, you know, scribbling it out for yourself or something is cool for me personally. Mm. Um, but it was the fact of, you know, it already being written in this language I didn't understand, so I couldn't translate it, you know. I couldn't sort of understand what the dots meant. But, mm. yeah, the, the the kind of playing by ear thing and transcribing is, is I think it's probably the, the most important thing for, for any musician to, to have down, you know, or want to work at. You know, it, it just teaches you so much. And it seems like a massive chore at the time. You know, you're, Christ, I've got to learn 30 tunes that, you know, half of them, you know, you won't like. And, you know, you just go, oh, God, you kind of got to get through it and, you know, that sort of stuff. Mm. But it just, it, it teaches you so much about arrangement and harmony and, you know, your ears improve. And, yeah, it's it's, it's good news, really. So, yeah. Um, so after you've developed these skills, when you, I mean, are you still on this tour now? Are you still? Yeah, it's a, it's a, I've done, I've done two tours with them, Thrilling Hour, on the third one at the moment. Um, so, yeah, we've just started. It's like a, uh, it's about a 10 month tour at the moment we're about to go to china for about five months wow and then uh, after that there's another uk and europe tour but yeah we've kind of been been all over still still on the tour at the moment yeah that's fantastic that's amazing um so after you've gone through this hellish almost induction process for this thriller for the thriller production mm. do you um obviously you've you developed as a musician in a really short space of time do you still are you still learning new things even after how long you've been on the tour yeah definitely i mean um yeah i think it's it's really important to kind of try and keep try and keep on top of that and keep keep having new stuff and new influences coming in and um i'm learning how to play the songs better every single time and yeah. you learn just music not necessarily guitar centric skills but you know musicianship skills you know how, how to play with the band better how to play with you know if one different person comes into the band it changes the entire thing you know you know especially if it's a drummer you know obviously they have the most kind of control over the, the, the feel of stuff but but it's amazing how one person would affect the feel of the entire band so it teaches you to to listen and adjust what you're doing to make it fit and yeah so it's kind of perhaps more you know more general musicianship things that that I suppose have been developing of, of late rather than guitar stuff but I still try to you know kind of keep keep the chops up and you know learn learn new things every day and well not every day but you know every now and then <laughs> try and get yeah. a new, new bit of guitar stuff going on you know just keep things fresh Absolutely. and you know it's the same songs same set every night so you, you have to find um you have to find enjoyment in the accuracy of what you're doing rather than the creative impulses that you have. Yeah. You know, so you have to put your mind in a different, different place, I think to, to be able to enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite an interesting thing. There's lots, lots of books written on, written on sort of that, that kind of uh, subject and I read a few It's very, it's very interesting, but yeah, you have to kind of just change your, your headspace if you like to, to get the most out of it. Mm, yeah definitely so was it um something you disliked at first and then learned to love the idea of moving from the creative 
satisfaction to the, like you said, the accuracy satisfaction mm. part. Just, yeah, was it something that you had to learn to love? Um, not sure, really. I think I am. Um, I mean, I, I loved the music anyway, so I was kind of mm. happy. Um, so that didn't really come into it for me. I don't think on certainly that, you know, on, on the, the job that I'm on now. Mm. Um, I suppose there are, you know, the odd days where you think it does feel a little bit like going to the office because it's exactly the same thing every day, you know. I mean, the, the parts are the same, you know, you can't deviate from the parts, you know, I've probably got about 10 bars over, over the space of two hours where I'm allowed to play something that I want to play, you know, mm. but, but even then there's guidelines, you know, so yeah, it's, um, I, I do, I do miss the sort of creative thing, but you have to kind of do that in your, in your downtime instead of actually on the gig, but yeah, it, 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 every now and then we kind of all get together and get in a room, you know, the band, and we just, in, you know, in a different room before the show or something, and we'll just have all the equipment set up and just play together. And so every day we do get to sort of be a bit creative, just not actually while we're working, you see what I mean? Yeah, finding spare time. Yeah. Okay. Um, and from Thriller, have you got any other really notable like work or sessions or gigs um, from this? Uh, well, I mean, since I've been doing this, I've kind of been doing this, um, okay. and it's it's just taken up almost all of my of my time, you know. So, um, mm. which is which is I'm so grateful for, you know. As um, I, I, you know, as a working musician, the fact that you have work, man, it's just you've got to be grateful for it. It's it's brilliant, yeah. and um, so yeah, that's taken up most of my time. But I I've done a lot of um, bits and bobs with other singers and. Um, that I'd, I'd love to be working with if I wasn't doing this. But there's um, there's a singer called Sarah Sheldrake. She, her her act is called Shells, and mm. um, she's just a f- amazing sort of singer and songwriter and one of the most sort of creative people that I've I've ever met really. And we had a real kind of vibe playing together. We'd done, again we'd done some functions together. It was just All like right. a, like a duo thing, acoustic duo. And you know the first gig we did, we just thought, wow, this is amazing that we've, we've just got this connection sort of musical connection that, that just really works so um i started playing on her original stuff and we did little bits of writing together i'd love to do more of that but you know the mm. sort of di- diaries are not not aligned yeah. um so i mean i'd love to be doing that if i wasn't doing this and i'd love to be playing with steve rogers again and and um and i'd love to be writing um and playing with a playing with a few of my sort of favorite musicians and I'd like to do a kind of instrumental thing with them, like a groove-based thing. But man, when when the work's here, you got you got to take the work. It's it's I'm I'm very happy doing it. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of all about this at the moment. That's fair enough. I think if anyone was in your position, they'd do the same thing because you know if the work's there, and especially regular work, you'd be a yeah. fool not to do it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So um, there there there'll be there'll be a there'll be a time when there's no work, <laughs> and I'll do it. I'll do it then. Yeah, um, you, yeah, it's quite possible that when that work ends, you're like, oh, you, yeah, because you get so used to that regularity. Yeah, then mm. you come away from it and go, oh, maybe you know, really miss that. Yeah, definitely. So you've been doing teaching for a while. Yeah. Um, how yep. has this, apart from obviously an, an extra form of income, has this, how has this like benefited your career? Has, has it sort of intertwined with any other aspects? Mm. have you met people along the way that have helped you achieve things um 
I don't think so from from the teaching I don't think so in just just my experience not to say that you know that that wouldn't happen um because again you know a million musicians are teachers you know and you know those musicians end up on gigs and in studios and that's how you get called and work um Mm. but personally for me I don't think it's had a massive effect on on my sort of career at all other than the fact that I've been able to earn some extra money you know when I'm when I'm not on a gig or something I do quite a lot of teaching by Skype yeah um still so even even you sort of when I'm on the road I still do um it's a little bit more difficult but I do you know manage to to squeeze in some you know a couple of week or something um and do a bit of that but really it's just um I only really take on students that I get, a get on with and b kind of think I can be really helpful for their playing you know it, I wouldn't sort of be teaching a nine-year-old you know while mm. I'm out on the road um I, I've, I've, I teach a few guys that are kind of really heavily into blues and groove playing and that kind of stuff so it's it's fun for me to do it and you know we just have a coffee and ramble for an hour or so and and that's kind of it really cool yeah but yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think teaching's had a huge huge impact on on anything else career-wise okay and um the experience of doing a skype lesson apart from the obvious the fact that skype lessons online and a real lessons in person are there any other notable differences between a real lesson and a skype lesson Mm, the the only thing is that you can't jam together yeah but i mean that's not necessarily the worst thing anyway i mean they can get they can hear you play and you can hear them play you know I, I have backing tracks and things that I just play over if I want to demonstrate something and they can hear that it's just you know they wouldn't be able to we, we wouldn't be able to kind of trade back and forth in in that way mm. but that that really is the only thing that's any different um and there's a way around it and also I think in lessons in person the amount of time that you might accidentally waste doing that for this from the student's point of view you know, I think that a certain amount of that gets erased, you know, and they actually get more value for money, you know, because mm. you're not sort of just getting getting carried away jamming, um, which can be a good thing. But, you know, there's a, there's a thing where you can just, you know, demonstrate what you mean and they can take it on board and go and do what they want to do with it. So actually, I think I think Skype's, it, you know, if not equal, maybe better. Personally. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. You can do it from a phone. You know, you don't need anything. Just the phone and the guitar and you're away, you know. That's really enlightening, actually. I didn't really think of it that way. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really cool, yeah. Awesome. And, yeah, I'd like to move on to the second half. Yeah. Focusing on advice you can give to people wanting to get into the whole session freelance mm-hmm. kind of world. And almost from a personal perspective, if you were to look back on your say 16 year old self if they wanted to get to where you are now what pieces of advice would you give them i would say learn to read music yeah i would definitely say learn to read music again as i think it's just i think it's just such a such a skill to have in in any (laughs) in any form of of work that you you, you'll end up doing Mm. it's such an amazing amazing tool to to have and i'm gutted that i don't have it and um you know it's it's a plan of mine to kind of get it going so yeah definitely definitely kind of get the reading thing going on the other thing is meet as many people as you as you possibly can 
um, in the music industry, uh, you know, and, and just kind of don't be a dick, basically. Just kind of yeah. you know, say yes to stuff. You know, any gig that comes up, say yes, go and do it, you know. And, you know, you'll be thrown in at the deep end and, um, you know, you probably screw loads of it up. But it, it just meeting people and, and getting out there is is the thing. I mean, it's it's really tough in music. There's no There's no path, you know, there's no... There's no, there's not, no one thing you can do really that, that will guarantee you, you know, to have work. But I think definitely kind of getting out there and meeting people and just taking it seriously is, you know, is all you can, you can really do. But yeah, certainly getting out and playing with as many different people as you can is the way I think you'd have a best chance of, of getting work in the future. Definitely. I mean, this isn't complex stuff. No. It's- very very simple and you can almost apply it to any other profession Mm. and i think that's what a lot of people don't not necessarily don't understand but almost don't think about it they just think oh you have to play you know the most technical things or you have Mm. to do all this crazy stuff but in fact your base level stuff is probably what counts for well over half of you know success yeah yeah i mean i i meet a lot of people who you know seem seem to be doing very well and you think oh, it's probably sounds a bit arsy to say but you just think they are not the best musician i've ever seen and they seem to be getting loads of work you know that kind of stuff yeah and there's you know it's horrible to think of music as anything competitive at all but mm. yeah you just think well you know they've probably you know met a load more people and done done enough have a good job you know to get to get called again and you know you never know where any of that stuff's going to lead so i just think it's it's almost more important than you know being being amazing on your instrument you know because you know you, there's there's time for that to develop but just meeting people is the way it is it really is and in terms of skills i know you've spoken a lot about reading music and transcribing in your view are there any other skills that you think there are a clear lack of amongst mm-hmm. new guitarists that you think yeah. uh, guitarists really should be able to do this? Yeah. Um, f- for me, it's r- rhythm playing. It's yeah. all, all about rhythm playing. I mean, it's kind of coming back now, which is really cool to hear. Um, there's stuff in the charts, you know, where there's it's kind of rhythm based and it's groovy, you know, but for for a long time there's been none of that and everyone's kind of been concerned with you know speed or you know that that kind of stuff but man it is it's the center of everything you know rhythm just being a being a good rhythm player and having good time and i would say that having a good ear and having good time is number one number one and mm-hmm. you know the reading the reading thing is is an amazing tool to go along with that but yeah it's I, for me it's kind of all about all about rhythm and i don't i don't hear a lot of really strong rhythm players until until quite recently okay are there any other are there notable people you could probably like give an example of like um yeah who's who's really cool um i wouldn't know the i wouldn't know the new guys names really there's mm. a, oh there's a guy called um this guy called eric gales who's kind of new on the scene okay and he's um sort of just frightening blues sort of player but but really cool kind of chords and, and rhythm stuff at the same time so he's he's well worth checking out he's one of those guys that plays upside down and all that kind of stuff all right just like monstrous monstrous player 
Nice. Um, it's prob- probably probably a little bit marmite of a of a guy, but you know you can sort of see, you know he he cares about it, you know. Um, but really, a kind of rhythm players from the past, you know, just anything that's just in the pocket, you know, just funk stuff. I really love funk and soul and old sort of Motown and that kind of stuff. I'm, I don't really know everyone's name, but mm. just records records like that, you know, they're just just it's all about just rhythm and making the band sound good. And that's, that for me is kind of the most satisfying thing. I'd much rather be playing rhythm guitar than, than, you know, than having a, a 10 minute solo. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There seems, yeah. I think um, there are almost two camps now, because I think there are, there are people who are sort of starting to agree with your view, but at the same time, there's like another tribe who are really focusing on their, technical i don't mm. know stuff there's, there's almost a bit of a, a conflict going on mm. yeah it kind of it kind of goes in waves doesn't it you know technique mm. technique being cool or no technique being cool mm. you know it kind of you know from from when i was sort of young you know having having chops was not necessarily the coolest thing you know it was kind of all about power chords and you know <laughs> and just smashing away on the guitar mm. and then kind of you know you, 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 there's always the kind of virtuoso stream of, of music that's that's kind of always there but but now it's a, i think there's a really nice blend of you know ability and sort of the reality of what music's supposed to be about you know sort of songs and playing with other people and and that kind of thing so it does seem to be in a really good healthy place i think there's a there's a few guys out there that are that seem to have everything Mm. And it's just it's just really lovely to to see. Awesome, you know, it's, it's inspiring as well. Awesome. Um, I know there are a lot of people leaving music college who are guitarists. There are just so many people in the same boat. Mm. Would Would you think it would be best for other people to learn other instruments, specifically guitarists? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had I had a great experience um, with that. I I was doing. Uh, a lot of teaching at one point and not much gigging and I just started it was after I'd been to college and you know I sort of had quite a lot of ability and and all that kind of stuff and sort of knew my stuff fairly well and um, I just wasn't getting any at the time any sort of outlet to to use it so I just sort of had to do a lot of teaching to sort of pay the bills and that kind of thing and I kind of started going a bit mad Mm. and um, I remember sort of just losing the plot one day in a in a guitar lesson I was doing and just decided right I'm gonna just not play guitar for for a while mm-hmm. so it actually ended up being quite a few years and um I played bass instead yeah and um it I, it was one of the one of the best things I've, I've done I think in um I could I could have done because it just gives you this other perspective to listen to music from and you know even styles of music that you didn't think perhaps you'd like maybe if you focused on a different instrument and you know kind of hearing that above everything else you might find that there's a way into that to that style and it just gives you another perspective to hear the guitar from as well which is which has been really helpful you know it made me think much more about groove and you know very small details that you concern yourself with as a bass player you know like like note length and you know the the minute details of how long a note should be you know that, that that would really make make something groove you know and you can kind of transfer those skills onto your other instrument so i'm i'm you know i'm sure that works 
you know for every instrument so um definitely a, a wicked thing to do if you if you can awesome and did you get any work from playing bass yeah yeah um yeah i was sort of playing bass in in bands a lot for for a few years and yeah nothing um i didn't do anything anything massive really but i was just sort of jobbing jobbing bass player for a while and you know a few recordings and things but yeah ended up kind of going back back to the guitar cool. when i was kind of uh when it was fresh again you know yeah totally just almost learning the mm. same instrument again it's almost like coming yeah. home and you're like ah it's, mm. okay. i would think also actually keys would be a really really great thing to be able to do there's, there's a lot of guys now that that you know play keys as well as their their main instrument and usually they're amazing on on keys as well yeah um, but just because of all the all of the technology stuff you know it's it'd be great to be able to just play play keys and play string lines into a you know your home recording thing or you know you, you can access any instrument basically if you can play keys so um that's something i wish that i had is um yeah i could play keys and kind of create you know sort of backing tracks and you know writing and put keys parts down on tracks that i can play guitar on you know but for me i have to kind of see the really painstaking you know sort of drag and drop the notes in you know manually or get a keys player in which you have to pay for mm. usually um so yeah keys keys definitely a great idea as you've just said making backing tracks even that being able to play keys and being able to make a backing track is more there are more like work opportunities within that yeah so. yeah you know writing writing library music and anything like that you know you can do stuff so well from home now Mm. um all you need to really buy is a a macbook and you've kind of got everything you need you know for for free you know get a little interface and you're and you're kind of away so um there's there's plenty of stuff that's in fact that that girl i was telling you that i I played with um that shells she wrote so much of her stuff in a tiny little flat in london and it's literally being played on radio one now really you know it's recorded at her house for the most part you know and then you know taken to a to a studio and producer and kind of polished up a bit but the the bones of it done in a done in her bedroom in london wow so it's totally totally realistic to to be able to do that now yeah that's revolutionary mm. awesome and just my final question to round up where do you see the future of session or freelance work where do you think it's going to go in the next five years man i don't know that's i don't know how do you know it's um i think there's so many musicians now that mm. it's just the work's not there i just honestly think the work's not there i mean if you if you listen to any of the old sort of session guys you know um sort of the larry carlton type type players you know they were they were able to play you know five sets a night every night of the week you know and there's a there's a million gigs to do and that 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 world just is not there anymore and you know schools i think are really good you know it's great that people are, are playing but i also think it kind of just oversaturates Mm. you know what what is a very competitive and small industry anyway and um yeah so it's it's really tough i think actually the thing to do is just to do what you want to do you know and play for yourself and trying to sort of predict what might work and what might be valuable later on is just i think you'd end up tying yourself in knots i just think mm. you as a player should should do exactly what you want to do and you know there will be a market for it 
there's um oh, so this my my sort of favorite comedian a guy called Stuart Lee yeah was um he had this kind of um it was an interview with him and he was talking about how he'd worked for the BBC and all this stuff and um it was a big budget and by the time he'd kind of gone out and made the show and blah 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 and sold it and you know a million people say watched it the kind of return he got money wise was you know very small and his his product if you like he, he had to um sort of kowtow to their demands and he had to change the thing that he wanted to sort of align with what they wanted and so we just thought you know what I'm going to remove myself from this entire thing and just sort of start it up himself and he said if you've got 5,000 fans people that really like what you do all giving you just a 10 you know 10 quid 10 quid a month you know subscription or something you know that's that's an amazing living and and it's a very small number of people really in the in the grand scheme of things you know you say I don't need to have you know a, a a national TV show kind of going out. I can do it with just a very small group of fans that really like what I do. And I can put out the product that I want exactly as I want it. So I think actually for musicians, that's a really, it's a really powerful thing that you can, if you're a writer or something like that, you actually don't need that many people to be able to sustain what you want to do exactly the way you want to do it. You just need to kind of find that group of of people that are going to be loyal to you and, you know, perhaps, you know, support you and buy your stuff and buy your music. And yeah, so I think actually the the, the session thing is probably not there. I mean, it's, it gets harder and harder every, every year, I'd say to, to get, get work like that. So, um, I don't know, it sounds a bit bleak, doesn't it? But well, it's, it's reality. Yeah. Yeah. I think people just have to find new innovative ways, I think, because, um, yeah, like you said, like the old session world is virtually dead. Yeah, uh, I mean, you get you get you get calls if if you've got a really specific thing mm. that you know you do. You know, you might get a call to to play on someone's album, but the, just that the really big guys maybe have all the work. There's a, there's a guy called Tim Pierce who's um, yes. just you, you, yeah, you know him. He's pl- just played yeah. on everything. He's actually on loads of the Michael Jackson stuff. Um, Is he? And he, uh, I think he has a lot of work, and there's a few other guys that have a lot of work, but. If you listen to anybody like that talking, they'll just say, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, because the work's not there. Mm. You know, if, if you've got it now, then you're probably you're probably all right. But <laughs> I, I definitely wouldn't advise anyone to to leave college with the idea that they're going to be a paid session guy. Because it's, I just seriously think it's not going to happen. Mm. Yeah, because it's, it's, nowadays it's quite hard to define what, a session player yeah. is yeah because back back then like larry carlton steve lukather it's very obvious what it was mm. but now i think session or the term session player is quite outdated yeah yeah i agree yeah it's almost just you're just freelance yeah you, you yeah. do bits you do bits and pieces in different camps wearing different yeah. hats definitely so it's almost being a, a musician rather than oh i'm a session guitarist yeah yeah, yeah, it's it's almost a bit cringy, isn't it? Yeah, mm. and yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree. Awesome, and yeah, just to round up, is there anything new on the horizon for you, or are you just going to continue with the Thriller? Yeah, I mean for now, man, I'm I'm you know making hay, you know, yeah. so it's uh, I'm I'm very grateful for it, and I, I love it, and you know the people that I work with are, are just amazing musicians, and I I love playing with them and you know hanging with them and everything, so I'm I'm really happy doing this and. When, when that's ended 
I'm going to try and it, as soon as I stop moving around, really, I'm going to sort of build a studio that that stays in one place and I can, uh, you know, get some decent gear all, all in the same room and have a place to go and write and, you know, teach if I want to and all that kind of thing. So I'm looking forward to that kind of creative outlet when, you know, when I'm when I'm off tour. But for now, man, just just happy, just happy playing guitar. That's fantastic. Well, yeah, wish you all the best with that. And I really, well, thank you so much for spending time with me. I really appreciate it. That's a pleasure. Thanks, man. Nice one. Cheers, Alan. Cool. Cheers, Kieran. See ya. Thanks, man. See ya. Awesome. I found that really insightful. If you enjoyed that, I'll be talking to drummer Ben Kennedy next time. Just come off tour with Coldplay with his band Foxes. Done a lot of live TV session work for Girls Aloud, Nicole Scherzinger, and Cairo Emerald. So if that really appeals to you, you have no excuse not to listen in next time. Cheers for listening. See you then.